Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of Adventures in Angular. This week on our panel we have Subrat Mishra. Hello. I'm Charles Maxwood from Top End Devs and uh, this week we're just going to catch up. I don't know how long this episode's going to run. I Sometimes we do these and I'm thinking, oh, it's not going to take an hour and it'll take an hour. And sometimes <laughs> I think it won't take an hour, it won't take an hour. So we'll just kind of see where things are. But we had to kind of move times around. I've had a lot of my situation change over the last few weeks and that that was part of it. So anyway, we're just kind of, we had a week where we didn't have a guest. So we were like, all right, let's do this. But yeah, next week we're talking to Eric Simons from Stack Blitz, and then we're talking to Patricio, and I can't remember what we're talking to him about, but Patricio Vargas, I could probably figure it out. But anyway, yeah, so I thought we'd just uh, jump in and uh, catch up and see where things are at and kind of go from there. Hey folks, this is Charles Maxwood from Top End Devs, and lately I've been working on actually building out Top End Devs. If you're interested, you can go to topendevs.com slash podcast, and you can actually hear a little bit more about my story, about why I'm doing what I'm doing with Top End Devs, why I changed it from uh, devchat.tv to Top End Devs. But what I really want to get into is that I have decided that I'm going to build the platform that I always wished I had with devchat.tv. And I renamed it to Top End Devs because I want to give you the resources that are going to help you to build the career that you want, right? So whether you want to be an influencer in tech, whether you want to go and just max out your salary and then go live a lifestyle with your family, your friends, or just traveling the world or whatever, I, I want to give you the resources that are going to help you do that. We're going to have career and leadership resources in there, and we're going to be giving you content on a regular basis to help you level up and max out your career. So go check it out at topendevs.com. If you sign up before my birthday, that's December 14th. If you sign up before my birthday, you can get 50% off the lifetime of your subscription. Once again, that's topendevs.com. So yeah, what's new with you? Uh, yeah, so the one new thing happened with me that I changed my job. Now I'm working with Walmart. And, uh, oh, cool. And I, yeah, and also I joined as full stack developer. So mainly working on TypeScript and the front end is not started. So it may be Angular or React, depends on. Mm-hmm. But it, it will be it will be TypeScript. So that's a, that's a good thing. I think Angular brings TypeScript, and now it's pretty popular. It's everywhere. Yeah, I've talked to a number of people who do React and people who do Vue, and they're picking up TypeScript. It seemed seemed like the uh, lingua franca, I guess, for React for a while was ES6, but they've kind of moved it and adopted the TypeScript tra- chain or train. So that's cool. Very cool. So what prompted you to move to Walmart? Was was there just it was just time to move on or they came at you with an offer you couldn't say no to or? Yeah, it would be previously I was in society general. So it, uh, it was a bank. So it is a little uh, more towards banking domain. So it uh, in that the tech, its technology was also good, but like bank will have some reticence, they will go a little slower. That's why I thought I need to move. Uh, I was there for one year, last one year. Mm-hmm. Then then Walmart gave the offer and I, I no, can't refuse. So. Nice. Yeah, my work situation changed as well. So I was working for Morgan Stanley, and I think most people know who they are. They're a big investment bank here in the United yeah. States and around the world. And I was working for just a little app in kind of the corner of Morgan Stanley under a company they had acquired. <laughs> and yeah, things just got a little bit weird. Mostly what it was was just a lot of people were leaving. They weren't hiring new people. There were some issues about three levels up the management chain from me that were making these things a little bit hard to deal with. And to be perfectly honest, they they did pairing all the time. And that just made me super tired. <laughs> so it was time for a change. 
And so I moved on. And I, it was interesting because I just started applying to jobs and I mean, terrific people to work with, interesting projects. So it wasn't, wasn't anything there. There were just a few things that, yeah, those folks a few levels up the chain from me needed to figure out so that mm-hmm. it makes it worth it to stick around. But I told them what the issues were. They didn't fix them. So I left. Yeah. But if you like being in the big corporate structure, it's, it's a good place to be. So it just, it just wasn't working for me, really. Anyway, so I applied around and then I had some family stuff go down. We had a death in the family and a couple of other things. And so that kind of slowed things down. And then I started talking to my friends about where they were working. And uh, one of my friends referred me over to this company that does contract work. And yeah, so they, they did a bunch of interviews. I interviewed with their client and we lined everything up. So now I'm doing contract work uh, through this one company for this other company. Yeah, I'm being a little bit coy about where I'm working just because I've had people try and mess stuff up for me in the past because they have issues with some of the stances I've taken. So anyway, it's been a little bit rough, to be honest, just from the standpoint of they want 40 hours a week. And I realized that I wasn't putting in 40, 40 hours a week at Morgan Stanley. I thought I was getting close. But anyway, this is sucking up a ton of my time. And I'm still still trying to settle in and figure out what this all looks like and how it, how it all goes. So interestingly enough, one of the things I've been doing a whole lot lately is actually quitting stuff, right? So I took a step back from three of our podcasts, the Machine Learning Show, the DevOps Show, and the Elixir Show. Mm-hmm. And... I'm trying to cut back on a few other things in a few other areas. So we'll see how that shakes out. But that's kind of how things have been. We had to move the time for this show just because Monday mornings were rough and I had to move it two hour or to an hour earlier than we had been recording it before because I have a stand up meeting at nine thirty in the morning with my clients. So anyway, so that that kind of changed up some things. It's taken a bit more time, like I said, out of my regular schedule, and that's made it a little bit tricky too to try and uh get as far along on top end devs as I want. So anyway, it's it's just it's a process just moving through things one thing at a time. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can ramp things back up and I can start cutting hours. I think you are also doing like 8020 or just something which is which will not have much more impact and it will not uh, hamper your health or day to day life. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like good. Come with yeah. The, we, there, there have been a lot of things going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like beyond the, that, I mean, are you are you doing anything else that's new? Yeah, new in in terms of like if you say like I I was uh, giving some talk somewhere like in some colleges actually I gave some talk in some colleges. Sure. Uh, in the oh cool it is college in the sense it is the VTEC so it call it after after high school so they will go for engineering mm-hmm. some talk there and it's all virtual so it's not <laughs> I didn't need to travel and, and right something. And I, again, I am started working on Nest.js, so that's mm-hmm. a, that's also a pretty good framework. And it's uh, I think it's cool. All the things are meant. I I think they, they grabbed it from Angular, so it's it's pretty cool mm-hmm. uh, for an Angular developer. Grabbing to the Nest.js is pretty pretty easy. As I was also doing uh, Java and also know uh, have experience with Spring Boot, so it feels like they okay. are just merged this Spring Boot and Angular and uh-huh. built a framework as Nest chess. Uh, I think it, it's pretty popular framework, you know. Yeah, that's a small, small change, not much. Has spent time on preparing for job change and all. But I have a question like when you change the job, like how how much like a te- technology change happened for you? Yeah, like all you have so, all Angular or Yeah, so I mean when I was working at Morgan Stanley, I was doing like 
95% Rails and like 5% JavaScript for, on the front end. And the front end JavaScript was mostly hotwired and stimulus, which is a framework I really, really like. So, I mean, it was, mm-hmm. it was definitely a positive thing. When I was looking for a new job, I was actually going to, I was going to change things up and I was going to go with an Elixir uh, focus. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to pick up Elixir and then maybe a front end framework like React or Angular. And anyway, the the position I wound up landing was another Rails position, which, again, isn't a bad thing. Mm-hmm. You know, they're paying me. I figure after paying for, like, health insurance and some of the other benefits that I was getting at Morgan Stanley that I'm paying for on my own now, I think I came out to somewhere in the ballpark of, like, an eighty to $90,000 a year raise if I get all 40 hours in a week. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it was just kind of a no-brainer move. And I've been pretty happy with it. I'm really enjoying the work I'm doing. So yep. that, that's kind of been the thing. So no, I didn't change technologies. I, I was kind of looking to do that, but I'm not disappointed that I, w- I didn't or that I wasn't able to. It was mostly, I, I really enjoy writing Ruby on Rails. I just kind of wanted to see, I know a lot of people have kind of moved over the fence to Elixir from Ruby. And so I was kind of hoping to see w- what the draw was, like what, what, what it was about Elixir that was getting people to move over. And I've done some Elixir and I understand some of the ideas, but I, I don't think you really get it until you're like fully immersed in it. So anyway, that just didn't come to fruition. So, yeah. yeah. So how is the work you work like mostly on the, you mostly work as a, on the requirement basic or basis or how, like what I just want to know that you could do both front end and back end. So how it is uh, for you as a contract? So right now I'm working on mostly back end and I think it's probably going to remain that way, at least with this client. That's not to say I'm not comfortable with the front end. I just, that's kind of where they want things right now. And they're using Rails essentially as an API server. So they have a front end that's written in something else. And I can't remember which framework they adopted there. I think it's Vue, but I'm not sure. It could be React. But for the most part, yeah, I'm just working on the back end. So, you know, I've been working on upgrading their Rails installation. And then they've got some other changes that they want to make, you know, down the line. And so I'll be, you know, helping implement that stuff. I've been doing this long enough that they're kind of handing me the hairy stuff, <laughs> which is kind of fun, right? <laughs> so it's like, this this is gross, you know? Or that th- this is going to be a challenge. This is painful stuff, right? So mm-hmm. go take care of it. And yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's, been, it's been good. But this code base is 10 or 11 years old at this point. So there's a lot of cruft in it. I think they've done pretty good at kind of staying on top of things and eliminating some of the cruft. But I still find cruft. I still find crap in there that I go to them and I'm like, what's this? And then they'll be like, oh, yeah, we've been trying to kill that forever. Or, oh, that's just an artifact from this other thing. You know, so I'll clean it up. But yeah. Yeah, this happened actually. Like when, like, I think all of our listeners also, if they are in uh, the university or college, I was also before like four or five years back when, when I was joining, I always thought I'm going to start a project from the scratch. But that's not the case. Uh, and I think, mm-hmm. I think, from this also, they will get a uh, glimpse of we need to work on some pretty old code and we need to make them work or yeah. rewrite them to be a better code. So mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the one truth which nobody told you in the college <laughs> or in the university. So everybody just focus on the you know, how you optimize the algorithm time uh, complexity, re- re- reduce the complexity. But some code you can't touch <laughs> and you don't know what will happen. But yeah, we should we should always uh, rewrite the older one. I think that also depends on the culture of the company. Some company I saw like worked on, I, I think I, this is my fourth company. 
in between two company is is pretty good and uh, revamping the older thing but two company is not so i think also depends on the company like how the how the culture of uh, your all your team or your colleague and how they are reacting to your changes like if you are suggesting something how it's there or let it like some up make they okay go ahead okay we'll change it it will be faster it will be uh, easier to maintain later but some some culture says like let it be it's working so it's a everything is fine everything is like it's always cost is involved they in rewriting as mm-hmm. well so it's uh, yeah. understandable always mm-hmm. but yeah. that's that's the perspective i want to give to all our uh, listener who are in university at least for now yeah yeah there's always a cost to both so it just yeah yeah i remember and, like uh, i was with infosys and uh, the client was mercedes benz and the move was from java i think java 7 to java 8 it is not much changes from the developer side there are some changes like uh, but it will also going to work uh, without without the stream api and all mm-hmm. but uh, i took a lot of like i think in infosys may have taken lots of money from mercedes benz just to move the project and also a lot of testing and so all all things right. goes with uh, with the business point of view right makes sense Mm. So like uh, I think one more thing also like I was talking with you, I got that like, you know for, for me I while I started also I I just don't want to leave all the all the interviews I was just uh, thinking of oh, will I get angular uh, job or not but slowly I got that like pointing to a particular framework is not not that that important you can, if you just go ahead mm-hmm. and learn different different thing by different different way but still now I'm seeing some of my friends mm-hmm. and some of uh, Juniors are they? They they are like obsessed or they love some technology. I just don't want to move. So what's what will you take uh, or what do you advise to all of uh, us or all of them? Like how we should approach for the initial days at least. Like if someone is loving, suppose for Angular, all our like we love um, <laughs> all of listener. I'm not sure if I completely understand what you're asking. Yeah, what I'm asking is suppose uh, like I am in my, my case, I love Angular, so I, I always wanted. or uh, do something with angular but somehow uh-huh. i got uh, a opportunity with uh, react or view so uh, shall i accept that or shall i uh, okay. shall i reject yeah that's the so shall i be obsessed it's, it's hard to come down yeah it's hard to give like direct advice because it really depends on what people want right mm-hmm. i mean if you're unhappy not doing angular then you probably ought to hold yeah. fast and go find an angular job because there are plenty of them out there right if you're happy to yeah. be doing front end and you're looking at oh well it'd be fun to have a new challenge and figure out how to do things with this new way of doing things and gee what's the all the hype about with it react anyway then you may be fine and happy doing react right i think it's probably worth hanging in there for 6 months and then if you're just like you know i really miss angular i just you know i'm not enjoying this then that's fine right I I think sometimes we kind of get beat over the head with we have to be open minded and you have to blah 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 but if you're not happy go do something else. Mm. I mean my my thing is is yeah if if I'd gotten an elixir job and it turned out that I wasn't loving elixir I would have stuck it out for a year and then I would have quit, right? I would have quit and gone back to rails. That was my plan. But the reason that I was willing to do that was because I can stick anything out for a year. I I mean <laughs> you know push comes to shove I can do that, right? But yeah, if if you're just like, you know what? Yeah. Now that I'm deep into this React stuff, it sucks. Then come back. And if you get into React and you figure out you love it, then switch. 
I think I think sometimes we get too dogmatic on some of this stuff. And and so then it's like, well, why would you ever go to anything else? Well, maybe it's better. Maybe it's a better fit yeah. for you. Maybe it's a better fit for the kinds of projects you're working on. Like objectively better. I think it's hard to say that really anymore about any of the frameworks. They they do a lot of the things in the same way, right? The idea of components and the shadow DOM and mm. you know all the kind of fundamental things that make the frameworks what they are, are mostly the same. So it's just the rest of it, right? It's the rest of the ecosystem, it's the community, it's, it's all the other stuff. And if you're happier with what they offer than what we offer, then go do that, right? And I don't think, I don't think there's any shame in, in doing that, right? I mean, people change technologies in their careers all the time. You know, I feel like I'm the weirdo because I've done Rails for 15 years, right? And I haven't really deviated from that. And I know a bunch of other people that are kind of in the same boat. But Mm -hmm. for me, it was mostly because that's where I was finding work. That was where I was finding contracts. And then when I needed crap done, that that was what I reached for because it was familiar and I needed to get crap done. And that's not to say I didn't look at other technologies, but it was just I was happy using it and it worked for me. But yeah. Was I willing to go look at other technologies? Yeah, I was, right? And if I had found an Elixir job that they wanted to hire me and I thought would work out, then I would have gone there. But that's not what panned out. And I was ready to be done with Morgan Stanley. So I took him up on this offer and went for it. So that and in Rails, the the rest of the offers that I got for Rails jobs and other jobs weren't even in the ballpark of this one. So Mm -hmm. I think anyway, yeah. Yep. And I mean, there are different approaches that people can take too, right? I mean, I know people that have made the technology transition when they switched the job, like what I was looking to do with Elixir, right? So I've played mm-hmm. with it, but I haven't really built anything serious with it. I know other people that they get in and they go and they build out like this fully fledged something or other with it. And then they go, oh, well, I want to work in this now. And then they switch, right? And so there's, I don't know if there's a right answer to that other than, yeah, I don't see any harm in trying it. I don't see any harm in taking a job where you're using the other technology and I don't see any jaw harm in after you tried it for a while going, this isn't for me and switching back. Yeah. Yeah. That's so that's what, and if you're happier there, then you're happier, right? <laughs> yeah. I think all it matters is uh, how you feel after, after your work. If you feel, yeah. Like, yeah, I'm doing a good thing. It's a green sign. Yeah. And that I, if we think- were in a more restricted job market, I'd give different advice, right? If it were harder to find a job, it'd just be yeah. like, well, if they're making you switch technology, suck it up. Right. But we're not. So most people with a few years experience or more, it's not that hard to find a job. So go find one you like. Yeah. Anyway, what were you saying? Like the big corporate, like you told about Morgan Stanley and same for society generally. Mm -hmm. Thought what, why we don't like it because we have a tendency of work, like uh, solve things faster to to do things faster. But uh, the the banks has a tendency of uh, just going a little slow. Then the the technology companies. What I, what I mm-hmm. felt because obviously reason it's a bank so it need to be secure everything need to be previously it need to be 100% secure then only they they can they can mm-hmm. allow and that culture just moves on with, uh, mm-hmm. with the, all the all the teams uh, either it's a directly related to the banking or not I think that's that's one thing I think you also you may have also uh, observed that way as well in the Morgan Stanley maybe yeah yeah i mean that was part of the thing too right well we we were pretty independent so if we wanted to move ahead on stuff we were fine too but as far as the rest of it went there were there was red tape on some of the stuff that was just a pain to work around right 
And I, I don't know. I mean, some of that's annoying, but I've worked at smaller companies that had that much red tape because we were dealing with government data or what have you. And that's fine. I mean, at the end of the day, again, you know, it, sometimes the bigger companies are in a position to just really empower you to go knock crap out of the park. Mm-hmm. And so if you're in a position to just go and just go do whatever you're going to do and just, just own stuff, then, you know, maybe you'll be happy at a bigger company. Or maybe you're going to be in part of the company that acts like a startup. Mm-hmm. So I think there are real trade-offs that way too. I tend to not like authori- authoritarianism and a lot of the bigger companies kind of lean that way. I mean, I've talked to people that have worked at big companies where it's like VP, VP, you know, and it, it like, just to give you an example. So I, I did a bunch of interviews for podcasts, Microsoft conferences, right? Some of them have been posted on Adventures in Angular. A lot of them have been posted on JavaScript Jabber and stuff. And if I was interviewing somebody that was a VP or higher for in Microsoft, the marketing person who was lining it up would come and take me aside and be like, now this is a VP and you need to blah, 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 blah. And I just, <laughs> I've never understood. It's like, it's like, there is nothing here that tells me that this guy is any smarter than me, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I don't want to screw it up for you. But at the end of the day, I mean, I'm going to ask him the questions I want to ask and we're going to put a good show together. Yeah. And it's not like I'm trying to trip him up or gotcha questions or anything, but Unless I'm specifically told that something's off limits and given a good reason for it, I'm going to ask questions. So, you know, just stuff like that. And it felt like kind of the same thing at at Morgan Stanley, where you get a few levels up the chain and they just kind of expect everybody to do things the way they want without actually checking in with anybody and recognizing, oh, this may not be the best way to do this. Or we're putting this rule in place, but we don't actually, you know, have a regulatory or other reason to do it. And so what it does is it makes them feel better, but it makes everybody else's job harder. But I've seen I've seen uh, iron-fisted CEOs of startups with five people in them, and he has to check off on every decision. And that's basically the same thing, and it sucks just as bad, except that you know the guy that's pissing on you. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean... A lot of a lot of the ways that I mitigate for that is I just talk to the people who make the decisions. And then I also talk to people who have worked with the people who make the decisions. Right. Because a lot of times you can kind of get a feel just by talking to somebody and you can definitely get a feel if you talk to somebody that has worked with them because that that, you know, those folks, they almost never will blow smoke up your rear end. They'll they'll tell you boy, I'm using some real great euphemisms today. They'll they'll tell you how it is. Right. And then if it if you kind of like that, right? You like being told what to do and how to do it, then you take that job. And if you're looking for a little more autonomy, then you don't, right? And I'm not convinced that either way is wrong. It's just for me and my personality. I don't want to be babysat and I don't want to be told every step of the way what to do. So Mm -hmm. it's like, hey, we've got this big problem, go solve it. That's perfect for me. We're using this system, this vendor, this library, go implement it. Yeah, I'm good, right? Let me disappear for a week and come back and give you results. <laughs> yes. But for other people, they want that, hey, we have a stand up today and we're going to get told what to work on today. And that's mm-hmm. that's not me. So it depends on different different type of work, I think you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Time is of the essence when identifying and resolving issues in your software. And our friends at Raygun are here to help. Their brand new alerting feature is now available for crash reporting and real user monitoring to make sure you're quickly notified of the errors, crashes, and front-end performance issues that matter most to you and your business. Set thresholds for your alert based on an increase in error count, a spike in load time, or new issues introduced in the latest deployment. 
along with custom filters that give you even greater control. Assign multiple users to ensure the right team members are notified with alerts linked directly to the issue in Raygun, taking you to the root cause faster. Never miss another mission-critical issue in your software again. Try Raygun alerting today and create a world-class issue resolution workflow that gives you and your customer peace of mind. Visit raygun.com to learn more. Their simple usage plans start from as little as $4 per month with unlimited apps and users. That's raygun.com to start your free 14-day trial. And I've spelled a lot of this out in my book about finding your dream developer job, mm-hmm. which I need to, I, I'm working on getting that re-released here this winter. So okay. anyway. So it, it'll be released on like uh, winter means? Probably in January. Um, January, February, yeah. You can give a little glimpse uh-huh. now like what will be on the right or it will be a- there's a version of it up on amazon right now and mm-hmm. I, there's a version of it up on amazon right now but i sent it to an editor because i tried to read it for an audio audiobook and i was like this still it's not polished enough for me to just read it so i'm doing a lot of the cleanup on that i'm going to get a new cover put on it i'm going to retitle it and then i'm going to release it and i want top end devs among other things you know obviously we're focused on, hey, learn something new every day, connect with a new person every week, write or commit code every day. But so we're doing videos and community to solve those issues. But I, I want books out there and I, I, I'm i going to turn top end devs into a book imprint as well. So I want to finish this book, too, because the next I have already have the next book I want to write. And it's essentially how to become a top end dev, right? How to become the top 5% in your field and even if you're a junior dev and you're you ha- don't have a lot of experience, you can still be top five percent juniors, right? And be poised to move to senior dev as soon as you're ready, and then do the same thing there, and then start becoming an influencer in the space and speaking at conferences and doing some of the other things mm-hmm. that kind of take your career and put rocket fuel under it. And that's that's what I want to put together, right? Is so I want to put it together the top end devs and hey, this is what you've got to do to make it to the top, and then turn around and talk about, okay, if you're a junior dev, this is what you've got to do to make it to the top of junior land, right? This is what you've got to do to make it to the top of senior land. Mm-hmm. Maybe you want to be a manager, so this is what you've got to do to make it to the top of leadership or manager land, right? Maybe you want to go out and make a difference in the community. Here's what you've got to do to be the top end of community land or open source land, right? And so most of the tactics that I put together for people, they'll work right? No matter which level you're at. But then specifically, I want to get in and say, if you're a junior developer, right, um, you're not going to be the top 5% Angular developer this year, right? It's just it's just not realistic, right? But you can get to the top 20% as a junior developer, because most people aren't doing the work, right? And so then, then you get out there and you prove that you've got what it takes. And then, okay, well, now that I'm at the top 20%, how do I get to the top 5%? Now I'm the top 5%, how do I get to the top 1%, right? And it's it's not as complicated as people think. And it you don't have to go spend hours and hours and hours and hours every day studying this stuff. There are pretty concrete steps to it. And like I said, most of us just learn something new every day, um, write commit code every day, meet somebody new every day. You know, I have five things that you have to do on a regular basis in order to figure that out. The, the first step really is just figuring out where do I want to be in a year? right? And then what do I have to learn to be there in a year, right? What do I have to learn? And what do I have to do? And then you just take those concrete steps. You learn what you've got to learn, you meet the people you got to meet, you do what you got to do, you and you get there, right? So yeah, one of the other ones is, is you have to publish every week, right? And I don't care if it's a, a 300 word blog post or a five minute podcast, but you have to publish something every week, because your personal brand is a big chunk of how you get to top 5%. I mean, 
the rest of it, as far as like learning a new thing every day and committing code every day, those things specifically, and it can be to a private repo. I mean, I do that, right? Like if you go look at my GitHub, I think it looks semi-blank, right? And it's because I'm committing code to a private repo. Yeah. But I'm committing every day. I'm learning something new every day. And once you have the skills and then you're publishing and you're showing people you have the skills by building your personal brand and you start meeting people who can get you where you want to go, I mean, the sky's the limit, really, because those people will help pull you up if they're above you and they'll help push you up if they're below you. And I've experienced both. So anyway, I'm totally preaching the choir here, but that's what Top End Devs is about. And that's what I want to build is I want to build that community where it's, okay, I'm going to go meet someone new this week. And then you just come to our community and we give you the tools to go meet somebody new, right? If you have somebody in particular that's not part of our community, then you can also, you know, we'll give you the tools to go figure out how to get into their orbit so you can get their attention. But that's kind of level two on that stuff, right? Most of the time, you're just going to be talking to regular Joe programmers like me or like you, right? So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds a pretty good book to me. So I, I will... Order one, obviously. <laughs> if it, I think it's available everywhere. <laughs> like uh, in a, like it will be a global book or only on. Yeah, it'll be out in in all of the markets. I'll and probably publish it on Amazon, and then I'll yeah. Mm-hmm. And then one thing that I've really liked that Russell Brunson does is he set up pages for his books where you can actually go and you can just put in your information, and if you pay the shipping, he'll ship you a free book, right? Okay. And I'd love to be able to do that, right? So then if people want like a, a hard copy of the book, I mean, that's where I got this one. This is one of his books that I'm holding up that nobody mm-hmm. can see because it's an audio podcast. <laughs> but I did. I just went and filled it in. I paid six bucks or something for him to ship it to me. Yeah, very cool. So yeah, that's kind of the idea. But yeah, the the stuff for learning something new every day. I mean, what I'd like to do, and I'm working on this now is, uh, I'm working mostly on the infrastructure for this. I am going to start, you know, putting together the content for it too. But it, it's going to be, hey, you know, there are a video or two coming out every week on Ruby stuff or on Angular stuff or on React stuff, right? And I'm, I'm not going to be the author on all of them because I don't have that kind of time. But so then it's, oh, I'm going to go learn something new every day. So you come watch a 10-minute video on Top End Devs. The other ones I want to start are like a Visual Studio Code one, right? Where it's like, hey, you want to le- here's how you do this in VS Code, right? Here's how you manage Docker with the Docker extension or here's how you do multiple cursors. Or, you know, something like that that's already built in, right? You know, here are the keyboard shortcuts to do this, that, or the other, right? So it'll be a mix of, hey, here's some tools you can use with Visual Studio Code. Here's some extensions you may want to look at. And then here's the stuff that it just does on its own. But just give people the tools that way. I'm, I'm toying with whether to do a Git one or just make Git part of like a command line one. But give people the tools where it's like, hey, look, if you're using the command line, you know, here are all the tools that you get on the command line. Here's how you write bash scripts or whatever. So that kind of stuff, maybe some Docker or infrastructure stuff that isn't like deep DevOps, but it's kind of like at the level where, hey, I'm a developer. This is a tool that makes my life easier. Here's how I would use it. And then I do want to have a DevOps series where it's like, hey, we're going to go set up Helm and Kubernetes and make it, you know, do backflips. But anyway, that that's the other piece of that, you know, so the communities like Slack and Forum, the videos on a regular basis. I want to do uh, meetups every month for the different communities where we have an expert show up and talk to us for 30, 45 minutes and then have kind of a breakout rooms slash uh, birds of a feather slash, you know, let's just 
talk to each other or Q&A or whatever we wind up doing, but give people a chance to talk to each other, right? And so if you're there, we're going to give you a chance to meet new people there. And then also in the Slack, I'm using a system called Donut. Mm-hmm. I did not mean to talk about all this stuff, but Donut, what it does is it posts periodically to a channel and says, hey, what's your if you could travel anywhere in the world, where would you go, right? And then people can just chat and get to know each other that way. But the other thing it does is you can actually hit the, hit the bot up and it will pair you up with another person on the channel and say, you two should meet. And it's just a random person. But then you can get on and talk to them, get to know them and meet your person for the week, right? Or if you wind up just, you know, going back and forth with somebody in the Angular channel a whole bunch, you know, you could say, hey, I'd love to just jump on a call and get to know you a little better, right? And just make that totally fine, right? As long as you're not harassing people. But these are all steps that people need to take for their careers. And the thing is, is like meeting somebody new every week, that's half hour to chat. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, I'm going to go mix myself up some uh, hot chocolate and you go get a coffee and we'll sit and chat, right? Learning something new every day. I mean, I'm talking 10 minutes a day. I'm not talking like, I'm going to go watch three hours of videos and read half this book, right? That's mm-hmm. nuts going and committing some code. Oh, I see where I could use this thing that I just learned right now on the stuff that I'm working on. I'm going to go apply it, right? And when I say commit code, it can't be for work, okay? It has to be a side project or something. It could be open source. And it doesn't have to be that useful. It could be a Sudoku solver or keep track of my favorite My Little Ponies. I mean, nobody cares. But anyway, that that's that's what I'm building here. And that's that's what I'm trying to create for people is this ecosystem where they can come in and they can take three or four concrete steps on a daily or weekly basis. And if you get, this is the other thing that I really want to push. If you get 1% better every day, then I think when I did the math, it was you get like a third of where you're at better every month. Okay. So 101% over 30 days. Yeah. You get 35% better, which is the third, right? So every month you're making a massive gain on where you're at. If you do that for a full year, you become 70, uh, 37.78% better or 37.78 times better. Yeah. Thanks. Right. So if you're more effective with the code, you're more effective with your tools, you're more effective with your coworkers, 1% every day better over 365 days. Yeah. You're 37.8 times better than you were. And if you do that over every year of your career. I mean, it it's easy to see how you can get to the top top 5%, right? And the other thing is, is most people aren't doing it. And it's really not that, you know, it's not that much more work. So anyway, that's kind of where I'm at, right? Is just, you know, you just make those incremental uh, changes, those incremental lifts and, and move ahead and then just show people what you can do and you'll be able to have whatever you want in your career. So yeah, it's, uh, anyway. Like if, what I feel like if... Uh, Something is, we uh, feel like it's pretty, pretty hard, but we just uh, make them a mm-hmm. smaller step and pretty simple step. In a, in mm-hmm. a, in yep. some days, it will, it will be pretty easy, and it, it, you will not have a pressure of like I have done something. But uh, eventually, mm-hmm. you did that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty. Well, the thing step. is, is that let's say that half your days are crap days, right? That's the other thing. Is if half your days are crap days, right? Now this is a exponential graph, right? So if half your days are crap days, it's going to be significantly less, but you're still mm-hmm. six times better than you were over a year, mm-hmm. right? Which is nothing to sneeze at. So you do the best you can, get up 20 minutes earlier and just do it, right? 
And then the trick is, is you apply this to the other areas of your life, right? So this is something that I'm doing, not just professionally, but I'm doing, you know, my spiritual life, right? So I'm trying to learn something new every day from the scriptures that I'm reading, right? And I'm trying to do 1% better today than I did yesterday, right? Mm -hmm. As far as being the kind of person that I know I'm supposed to be, right? And by doing that again, you know, how many leaps and bounds forward can I make in becoming the kind of person that I want to be, right? You can do this with your with your physical fitness, right? You can eat a little bit better today than you did yesterday and make that part of your routine, right? You can exercise, go a little faster, push a little harder. Anyway, this is stuff that applies to life, but yeah. it applies and nobody does it in their career. I don't see anybody doing this in other areas. And the places that I really see people struggle are kind of those, okay, what do I learn now? What do I do next? You know, how do I get to where I want to be in my career? And then the other area is, is crap, they just made me the team lead and I have no idea how to team lead, right? I mean, I've seen other people do it, but I've never really thought deeply about, oh, okay, when I'm doing this work, what, what do I need to be doing? How do I make that the kind of difference that I want here? And so I want to put together content for that. It's like, hey, well, try doing this every week as a leader. Try having these conversations with the people you work with, right? Try and understand this about them, right? Take a stand on something with your boss that it benefits the people that work under you. Anyway, so it's just stuff like that. Yeah. And I have really rambled on a lot about this, but this is stuff, this is the stuff I'm thinking about. It's like, if if we were, if, if we could get, you know, just a, a handful of people in the community doing this on a regular basis, I mean, we would move forward so quickly. I mean, things would, yes. things would, it would be such a much better place to work in, to be in tech. So anyway. Yeah, yeah, like pretty, pretty interesting knowledge stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, imagine you're working with somebody who gets 37 times better every year. Yeah. Right? I mean, I want to work with those people. I definitely want to work with those people. Yes, yes. Because some of it's going to rub off on me. Mm-hmm. So anyway, well, sorry for rambling on about all this stuff, but that's yeah. that's kind of where I'm at. So yeah. And that, that's what's going to be in the top end devs, books, blogs, and mm-hmm. podcasts. Yeah. It also gives a perspective of how we want actually going to our big because if you're learning randomly or without any goals, we will not meet our dream. Mm-hmm. But if you go with the plan way, like how you right. do, it'll be, it'll be easier to achieve. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Hi, this is Charles Maxwood from Top End Devs. And lately I've been coaching some people on starting some podcasts and in some cases, just taking their career to the next level. You know, whether you're beginner going to intermediate, intermediate going to advanced, whether you're trying to get noticed in the community or go freelance, I've been helping these folks figure out how to get in front of people, how to build relationships and how to build their careers and max out and and just go to the next level. So if you're interested in talking to me and having me help you go to the next level, go to topendevs.com slash coaching. I will give you a one hour free session where we can figure out what you're trying to do, where you're trying to go and figure out what the next steps are. And then from there, we can figure out how to get you to the place you want to go. So once again, that's topendevs.com slash coaching. All right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap up, do some picks and wrap up. Yes. Yes. What picks do you have? So this week picks for me will be the book again. So the book name is The Hard Thing About the Hard Things. I think it's uh, Mm -hmm. by Van Horsewitz. I think I'm saying the name wrong. But it's a pretty, pretty uh, good book, pretty intense book, uh, I think, to read about business. 
like when when the bad stuff happens. So I haven't completed, but I about to. So I thought like take this as a pick. Mm-hmm. I think that's uh, the only one pick for this week. All right, cool. I'm gonna do a board game pick, and then I'm gonna do some of the other picks. So board game pick this week is going to be Marvel Legendary. Now there are probably like two dozen expansions for this game. If you're into the comic books or the movies or both, it's it's pretty fun. I don't recognize all of the heroes in Marvel Legendary. But, mm-hmm. you know, some of them have some pretty fun abilities that you use as you play. And the way that you do it is you have a hand. So it's cards and it's deck building games. So you build your deck. And then as you play different hero cards, they add up to either attack points or acquisition points. And so the attack points or recruitment points, I guess, is what they are. But the attack points are how you defeat villains or masterminds. And the recruitment points are how you build your deck. So how you get more cards in your deck. And, you know, there are a whole bunch of game mechanics. Uh, The different villains uh, bring in their own mechanics. The mastermind brings in their own mechanic. And effectively, so the mastermind, you have a mastermind in a scheme. And so the mastermind, when you have a master strike, triggers their effect. And then if they complete their scheme, then you lose the game. If you defeat the mastermind before they can complete their scheme, then you win the game. And it's a cooperative game. So you can play up to four people. And we like to kind of mix and match the different expansions. And it's it's pretty fun. We've played hours and hours of this one. So definitely going to pick it. One thing that we did eventually that I really liked was we got... So it comes with this game board. The game board was starting to get worn out. And so we bought a mat that has the game board printed on it. And it just kind of folds okay. up or rolls up. And it's bigger than the board. And it has spots for all of the other cards that come in the extent expansions that are card types that aren't on the original board, right? So sidekicks mm-hmm. and stuff like that kind of come into it later. And so as you kind of figure that out, yeah. If you buy a couple of expansions, just get the mat. I think it was like 30 bucks, so it wasn't cheap, but anyway, it was well worth it. So uh, pretty pretty happy with that game. Really, really enjoy it. Um, as far as the rest of the picks go, so lately I've been um, reading more books. I think in the last week I've listened to like four or five books on Amazon, and I'm, I'm kind of cycling these books now. So the books that I've been listening to are Russell Brunson's books. I kind of showed you one of those. Uh, Traffic Secrets. He also has .com Secrets and Expert Secrets, which were the first two. Traffic Secrets is the latest one. And they basically walk you through building a sales funnel and building your business. The other book that I've been listening to is is funny, too, because as I've listened to Russell, I, I, it's, I really identify with a lot of things about him. And then I found out that he grew up here like 20 minutes from where I live. And <laughs> his background is somewhat similar to mine. So Mm-hmm. You know, up to the point where he started a business that's now worth a billion plus dollars, and I haven't done that yet. But you get the idea, right? So a lot of our like childhood and outlook on things were members of the same faith. We mm-hmm. he lives in Idaho now, and I live in Utah. So there are a lot of things that I kind of identify with there. But beyond that, yeah, he's he he's the fa- one of the founders of ClickFunnels. If you've heard of them, okay, and he just kind of walks through all that stuff. Anyway, let's see. So. The other book that I've been listening to is Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Yeah. And what's funny is, is I'd listened to it before. And, you know, there are a couple of principles out of the book that I've kind of tried to live by because they're beneficial ideas. But my business coach told me to go listen or go read it again. And so I grabbed it on Audible because I was like, oh, I'm just going to listen to it. 
And see, now I have to go get the book and actually start highlighting sections and putting stuff into practice because there is a ton, ton of good stuff in there. And what's interesting is, is it's not just for people who want to run or start a business. I mean, he talks about it as building wealth, but it really is kind of the handbook. I mean, as I've been thinking through the ideas around being a top end dev, a lot of those ideas are ideas that he has in his book, right? And for him, it's, hey, here's how you become a successful person financially or in business. But the reality is, is it's how you become a successful person no matter what you want. And so anyway, it's an incredible book. And I have been super impressed by the the ideas in it. So I'm going to pick that as well. I should probably throw out something fun besides the board game, but I guess I'll pick the Wheel of Time. So it's out on Amazon Prime. Now, I don't know how that's being distributed internationally, but if you've read the books, it's funny because I've talked to people who've read the books and then I look at them and I say, so how much are you enjoying the TV series and how much does it bother you that they change so much about it? So just just keep that in mind. My wife is loving the series. She hasn't read the books. So if you haven't read the books and you want to watch the TV series, you may be well served to watch the TV series first and then go and read or listen to the books. And I'm enjoying the TV series. It's just, I I hit this thing about three times an episode where I'm like, wow, that is way different from the book. And so I get that they have to cut pieces of the plot out and kind of keep things moving, but they've made some pretty heavy changes. So anyway, that's kind of the deal there. And then, yeah, but I guess I'll just leave it there. They did this with another series. Uh, MTV did a, a Shannara a Chronicles. And they started with the second Shannara book, uh, The Elfstones of Shannara. They totally just didn't do Sword of Shannara, which I kind of wish that they had because it's, anyway. The the issue that I had there is that they completely deviated from the book and it wasn't that good, right? I didn't think it was, I don't think it was that good. But, uh, you know, it's like, well, you know, I'll suspend disbelief and, you know, just kind of let it go that it's way different. But it wasn't very good. I was just like, eh, eh. So anyway, uh, not all... TV or movie adaptations of books really live up to things. And I could go on and on about that. There are a bunch of them that I feel like they really, really did a terrible job on. But <laughs> Anyway, but yeah, those are my picks. Anything else you want people to know about or do before we jump off? Yeah, for this week, I think that much. I think we have talked a lot about how things are going with us and how things are happening in the market. I think, And apart yep. from that, like uh, for first, I think, Last two, three months, I haven't published any video in my channel, YouTube channel as well because I am outside uh, outside mm-hmm. Bangalore. So once I'm back in Bangalore, I will be back again. So all the equipment I have left there. Cool. So it will be back again. This is your chance to catch up, guys. <laughs> all right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap up here. And until next time, folks, max out. Bye-bye. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.